Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Club. I'm Alice. I'm joined by my gorgeous co-host, Jessamy G. Hello, Jess. Hey, Alice. How you going? I'm good. I'm so good. We've got our cups of tea and it's cozy and I'm so happy to be here. Yay, me too. I only saw you a few days ago and I've literally been like, I have so many things <laughs> to tell you. I've had exact, yeah. None of them important, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad you reserve your uh, lower tier content for me um, and this time together. You get all of it. You get the whole spectrum yeah, of content. I know. Thank you. We had the best. Um, we recorded an interview a couple of days ago and it was super fun. But um, I really look forward to uh, just us catching up. Yeah, me too. Hey, can I start by doing a couple of listener shout outs? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so profesh. So I, I know. But just in the last couple of days, by the way, dear listeners, if you are ever thinking like, oh, I want to send them a message about this thing, but oh, they probably don't want to hear from me. You are wrong. It is <laughs> nothing. There is nothing in the world that brings us more joy than hearing from you guys. Slide into our DMs hard. Please. It's encouraged. Please do. So I want to mention a couple of people. One beautiful Sarah who sent a message basically saying thanks for the laughs and that she was losing it in the fruit and veg section of the supermarket, which we love to hear. <laughs> I just, I would be curious to know if they were like on purpose laughed or it's just her laughing at our overall lack of professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You know matter. what? It doesn't matter. It's cool. <laughs> I think we should just take what yeah, we yeah, can yeah, get. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. And Sam, lovely Sam, who'd sent us a message following um, our interview with Kyle saying how much he appreciates the like mix and variety of people that we're oh, talking awesome. to, which we do like put a fair bit of effort into thinking about that. So it's really yeah. nice to hear that people like it. Yeah. And it's always interesting to hear the stuff people notice because it's very rarely the stuff that we notice. Totally. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saved the best to last. This is really good. I haven't told you about this. Oh, my God. It's Brene Brown. It's Brene Brown. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. I should have managed expectations a little better. It's it's way that fucking the horse is out of the barn. (laughs) It's not Brene Brown, but I I won't use his name. I'm not going to mention anything particularly personal, but um, I do want to talk a little bit about what we spoke about. So just in case, just, yeah, you know, I don't want to get the reputation as that person who like, you can't have a fucking conversation with Jessamy because she will talk about it on her podcast, which let's be honest, has, has happened <laughs> quite a few times now. Is, is in fact <laughs> happening in real time. <laughs> so anyway, he, he knows who he is. So um, I'm moving gyms, which is another story, but it's very like, People might be like, yeah, whatever, but it's quite a big yeah. thi- thing. That's your for family, me. yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are moving too. So I'm taking my people with me. So it's kind of okay. Anyway, so there's sort of like this core, core gang that hang out together, but there's also um, a bunch of other really beautiful people that go to that gym, that go to the classes at the same time. Um, one of which is this guy who I've interacted with a little bit. He's super, super lovely. And I knew he listened to the podcast because he's brought it up a couple of times, which is so lovely and just made me feel amazing. Anyway, I was there yesterday afternoon and I was just letting him know that I'm, you know, I'm moving on just so I don't like suddenly disappear. And he's like, where the fuck did Jess go? Um, anyway, so that started this like really, really lovely conversation about the podcast and how much it's meant to him. Wow. Because he's been going through this. I'm just like starting this completely by tooting our own horns here, but I am here for (laughs) it because I'm so proud of this and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, But, you know, going through a period of change, you know, changes in friendship dynamics, I think it's sort of like around that kind of, I, I don't know how old he is, but I'm thinking like maybe a bit younger than we are. Um, that period of change where you're sort of managing old friends and new friends. And I think the pandemic plays a role in that too, when suddenly like, um, proximity is taken out of the equation for a reason you'd hang out with them. Anyway, all of these things, but essentially just saying that, um, listening to podcasts like ours just gave him a new perspective and made him feel less alone. Uh, and I, I was yeah. so fucking sweaty at the time. I'm like, I am hugging you. You have <laughs> it's no happening. choice in this. Um, but the other, when we had our, um, in place of our annual business sleepover, we had a podcast sleepover this year where we just did some reflecting on like, what do we want to, we just started doing it because we're like, this is a thing that'll be fun without any particular 
intention necessarily other than we thought it would be fun and we thought it would be good and we thought it would be valuable. Um, But we wrote down three points. Do you remember what they were, Alice? I remember that they were to spend more time together having our quality conversations. Yeah, so, so number one was to hang out on purpose. To hang out on purpose. The second one was to meet and learn from interesting people. Yeah. And the third one was to make people feel less alone. Yeah. Yeah. We fucking did it, man. <laughs> high five. Yeah. Oh, God. And and we nailed the high five. <laughs> this is a good day. What? <laughs> this is a good day. Like that is so, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm like feeling just even in my arms and legs just so, wow, that feels amazing. Like it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, beautiful friend. Yeah. We appreciate you so much and thanks for um, thanks for telling me that too, because that's, you know, quite a vulnerable thing to do probably, I think. So, yeah. and I can't, yeah, especially I cannot tell you how much it means to me. Yeah. And yeah. especially, as you said, like someone who's not in your immediate friendship circle, like there is no, there are no other possible payoffs for him other than just saying a cool thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not going to see you on the weekend and that, and those kind words echo in his experience, like it just is, it's a kind and beautiful thing to share with someone. Yeah. Um, can I, on that note, I mean, God, we can just cut what we need to cut. But um, I got a message from a friend of mine yesterday in Cape Town, who is someone, Candice, who I love deeply. Both of us are famously shit at communication. Like to get a message, a reply out of either of us on WhatsApp is borderline impossible. So that combination means that in the five years, since I left, like we've sent a handful of messages and they're always warm and full of love. And then the other person replies like four months later. And that's just how that dynamic works. Um, and it's so nice to feel safe. Like I know that at no point does she question that lot. Like I know she knows I love her and I feel the same. And I just got this series of texts from her yesterday. Also, she was just like, just wanted to let you know, I love listening to you guys chat. It makes me feel like we're connected and I'm part of your life. And just, yeah, it's so it's so meaningful because people can listen to the first one and and kind of show support that way. And of course, no one's under any fucking obligation to listen. Like, I I get it. My housemates do not listen. I love them deeply. They're like, we get enough of this shit on a daily basis. And well, you don't want to hear me enough. retell the story about the cockroaches in our house. You don't want to relive that got, wonderful yeah. day. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's so, um, yeah, just to everyone who listens, like it, as Jess said, this wasn't designed with this master plan of, of find it. Like that was never the deal. It was like, we want to hang out. Let's do that. Now we have an excuse. Now we can schedule it into our day as opposed to constantly trying to find time to have a coffee. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very meaningful. Yeah. Well, pats on the back to Fuck. us. Fuck, what am <laughs> just wanking? <laughs> well, aren't we great? <laughs> but well, interestingly as well, and like talking about your your um, old friend and stuff is is quite relevant to it too. So I sent you a link to a podcast last night, which was so timely because after having this chat with this lovely guy. I got in the car and this podcast just happened to be the one that was queued up on my list and it was get your fucking bingo cards out, <laughs> Glennon Doyle. Yeah. Um, and it was an episode, I don't think they've done it an episode in this format before, but they had a theme and they pulled maybe four or five parts from four or five episodes that was all about friendships. And so it was so relevant after after this chat about, you know, the nature of changing friendships and what's yeah, particularly that tricky thing of, of realising that perhaps you need to let go of some friendships mm. or, you know, when does it become not valuable, it sounds a bit wrong, but it's not kind of serving either of you mm. anymore. Um, and so I was like, oh, this is amazing. And it's, and so much of it, I was just yesing at <laughs> the whole time as I was listening to it. But the other thing that I, and I'll, I'll pop a link to it in the show notes. The thing that I found really interesting is that people had like a, a really, had a variety of approaches, I guess, to friendships. Like mm. some people want their friendships to be narrow and deep. 
um, and only that and other people are happy to have more. I think one of the guests called it lowercase f yeah, friends, yeah, which but, I like. Mm. Uh, and maybe like maybe, maybe one or two people that are that are super super deep whereas other people like fuck lowercase yeah. f friends yeah. don't have time for them at all and none of this is wrong of course I just think it's really interesting I I loved it's so cool that that's the piece you pulled out of it because that was also the piece that struck me like I loved firstly that there's such a diverse take like I feel like my default is I'm always trying to find the answer to a thing I'm like what is capital T capital A like the answer to how to live, how to work, how to love, how to fuck, how to have friends, how to be in, like, I'm always trying to find the answer. And of course, that's a very, um, it's quite a childish, like black and white framework to view the world through. And it, it's something I'm always trying to call myself out on and just be like, there are, it's always plural. It's the answers. And there are going to be as many answers as there are people. And just to see that friendship within that and just be like, there are so many ways to relate to people and depending on who you are, you're going to be nourished by completely different things. And the woman who was speaking about um, the the lowercase and uppercase F friendships, big F, small F friends. I love the way she had this image of a volcano. She was so funny. And she's like, yes. she was like, some people want to go deep into that lava. And she's like, yeah, I've got a few people that go deep into the lava. But she's like, I find it really fun at the top of the volcano where it's just like fucking smoke and splattering everywhere and it's just spicy and chaotic. And I was like, yeah, actually so nice to have someone. I don't, I mean, I don't think I actually personally agree, but I think it's a great um, perspective on, on just because something is quote unquote superficial doesn't mean it's meaningless. It's just a different kind of meaning. And there's value in that too. And she must have a complete rich diversity of perspectives as a result of having so many kind of small F friends all over the place. Yeah. And I think she started her conversation by saying, I just find it really easy to relate to people. I think she's maybe a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she was. So it would change based on that too. So if you're someone who doesn't find it really easy and natural to just get along with people. Not saying that like you're an asshole and you don't, you have conflict, <laughs> but as in like, she's obviously someone who is, um, who's extroverted, who's out there, who just finds it really easy to make mm. lowercase f friends. So the, the cost for her is minimal to like dance at the top of the volcano in all like the sexy smokiness. Um, but if you're maybe like really introverted or um, find it less easy to relate to someone that you meet for the first time, the cost to you is really, really mm. high. So if you're investing any time at all in someone, maybe like I've only got time for the deep lava. Mm. <laughs> I think, and I think it would change at different points in your life. I think oh, you're yeah. nourished by different kinds of relating at different points and there's no, that's always going to be fluid. Like you'll definitely have chapters where you're happy to whittle it down to a handful of people and it's fucking real. And every time you talk, you're, you're hashing out the deep shit, but also there's, it's totally valid to just have mates who you bro down about one weird fucking thing. I mean, I, I have that with like the typography community in Melbourne where it's like those relationships exist only within the context of nerding out on the alphabet <laughs> basically <laughs> oh my god a. and it's so cool a is amazing it tells you so much don't even get me started but it's like that's cool oh, i was making a joke and Alice is full-on serious oh my god right a's <laughs> i mean trying to tell you you're fun um i wanted to pick up this is like slightly like a slight sidestep but everything is um that tendency to look for the the answer, right? Mm. Even though like we know that the world is all shades of grey. I think that that is such a like a common human thing to do and it just struck me as you were talking about that. Like I think I say to other people, to myself and stuff all the time about like things are not binary, it's not, you know, yes and no, good, bad, whatever. But I think in my heart of hearts, I don't, be, I don't actually believe that. I still, even though like I know that it's illogical and ridiculous and not true, I think that there's like, yeah, but 
what if I do find the answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, that's what you that's yeah. what you say until you find the answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like we'll all pretend that there's no <laughs> silver bullet and then we'll find the silver yeah. bullet and we'll be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I was right. I think, um, oh man, this is such a, yeah, there's so many ways I want to think about this, but I've been noticing it in myself. And I think it was actually our interview with Madeline Dorr that was really eye-opening for me because I was thinking about how she's created this entire catalog of artists and creatives routines and like how they structure their day. So like if there was one answer, that wouldn't be a book, right? <laughs> like you'd interview three people and be like, oh fuck, we're just saying the same thing. <laughs> Can you imagine if like the the first part of that interview were just like, what's the answer? And she was like, ah, oh, it's 42. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, and and like, it sounds, I think like some of the more profound truths are so simple and almost so cliche. And so they just sound almost like quite trite when you say them that, that that it's easy to brush off. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are many ways to do a thing. Fuck, we all get it. Roll eyes. Mm. But, but it really did kind of bring that home to me. And then the second part of that was I realized like how much of my own time and energy I still spend deferring my life. I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to like get to that. But first I just need to do this research. I need to ask one more person what the fuck time they wake up in the morning and do they have tea or coffee and do they have milk in it? Or are they fasting? Are they doing intermittent fasting? Do they go for a run? Like, I'm like, I'll, I'll get to my shit tomorrow. Let me just finish this last piece of research on how to be a person in the world. Mm, that's really, that's really interesting. Cause I, yeah. I, I relate and I and I don't because um, mm. I'm much more like, like we've spoken on this podcast before, like I'm much more likely to jump into a yeah. thing extraordinarily unprepared, <laughs> <laughs> which is also not ideal. Um, but oh, fuck, there was something you said at the start of that that I wanted to talk about more. Oh, that's right. So those things that can seem like that are really cliche and can seem a bit trite, like, you know. There's believe no, in yourself. Believe in yourself and be yourself, blah, 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 whatever which are true. I think what's those things that are simple, but not easy. Yes. So it's, it's simple and can sound trite or cliche or whatever, but the thing is to do that in practice, Yeah. to be yourself in practice, to believe in yourself in practice, to recognize all of the nuance and gray area of life in practice is really fucking mm. hard. This is why that the fucking diet industry is still so successful because people know, right, that a pill, fucking Garcinia, whatever, like whatever the new thing is, mm. people know that that's not going to suddenly make them drop 10 kilos. But we want that to be yeah. the answer. We so badly yeah. want there to be a simple answer that's not eat well and exercise because that's fucking boring yeah. and hard. Well, exactly. Like most things it's that are valuable. It's so, so boring, <laughs> most of it. It's so, it's so true though that the conflation of the ideas of simple and easy and yeah. those words do not mean the same thing. And even with the with the example of health, Michael Pollan, who, who wrote a lot on um, – the kind of economics of the food industry, but he, he now kind of focuses more on like psychedelics and stuff, but super interesting. He's got this kind of, he he did all this writing on the food and the politics of food and how that's affecting all of us and kind of came out of all of this with this really, he, he distilled it all into once, into three kind of sentences. Oh, I know this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I think it's eat real, or we eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. Yeah. Right. But that's not sexy. That's fucking boring. And it's hot. That's hard actually to do. Like eating fake food is way more fun. Like eating food products and tri- way yeah. more fun. Or cheap or accessible. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. so many layers of complexity. And also, yeah, I think we almost like want to overcomplicate it because then it becomes too hard for us to approach as well. Like yeah. we're like, oh, that's too hard to even start. I'll start tomorrow. Mm. That's probably also part of it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- yeah, it's so it's such an easy and something like um, nutrition is really complicated as well because it changes all the fucking time. Yeah. Like what people, and some of it is related um, to like selling stuff, and some of it is related to research and like you know actual the actual right stuff changing. Anyway, it's a whole very fraught business, so yeah. it's easy to like get caught up in the yeah. detail of that when it's actually you know 
I think for the most part, not that complicated unless you're like an elite athlete and then you have your fucking macros dialed into a thing or whatever. But most of us are not. <laughs> and, and also even, even for them and maybe especially for them, what elite athletes are doing now is not the same as what they would have been doing even five years ago, never mind sure. 40 years ago. Like that's changing so much. It's always, um, I always find it interesting how there are entire industries built on separating us from our bodies. Like that entire industry relies on you not trusting your own self to, to self-regulate and to know what you need, which is not our fault. Like we've, we've been bombarded with way too much information and food and whatever to, we kind of lose touch with that. But then that's perfect because once you've severed that connection or that sense of like to trust yourself, to know what you need, that's the perfect condition to find someone if you need to sell something to them. Like yeah. that's your ideal consumer. You're like, yeah. oh, lost, confused, overwhelmed, needing a simple answer. <laughs> like, here you go. Take here it is. my money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a marketer's dream. Like I will buy anything. <laughs> we were in the bottle shop the other day and it was, I can't remember the brand. <clears throat> anyway, it was like a, like a local craft beer. I don't like beer particularly, like some beers that don't taste like beers, some of the newer fancy ones I quite enjoy, but in general I don't. But the packaging was so beautiful, like mm. the colours were so beautiful, the illustration <sighs> was so beautiful. And I said to Dan, I'm like, I want to buy every single one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> I would argue, I mean, okay, that's a, that is like an extreme example if you don't even like beer, but how often do people come over to dinner and bring a bottle of wine. And then in the same breath that they give it to you, they like apologetically say that they only chose it for the label and they don't actually know anything about wine. Yeah. This is like, it's like a, it's the standard thing to say when people give other people wine, right? Unless you're like a fucking sommelier, but that's like what everyone does. And it's weird to me that we apologize for that. I'm like, yeah, that label choices were made. It's information. Yeah. And I think that that's true. There's, there's something like if you've, invested in having a label that looks really beautiful yeah. in all likelihood you've invested in other things but perhaps that wasn't the best example yeah. because <laughs> I have also bought a uh, a mermaid wave, wave crimper yeah uh, yes you have DIY SNS like nail stuff like basically think of all of the Instagram ads that you see and I'll be like I do need that uh fluffy platform slides <gasps> I'll show you. Yeah, that They're sounds pretty great. I've, all of these things so far, I'm like, they sound deeply necessary. Well, they've all made me quite happy. Um, so I guess maybe, <laughs> but this is what I mean, like that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, I, like I see what you're doing, marketers. Yeah, I know. And I love it. I like, like, <laughs> like, guys, it. guys, wait, wait. Maybe capitalism's <laughs> right. Is that? No, 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 no. <laughs> Something's gonna be I do feel happier. Stop this. Wearing my pink fluffy slides. So maybe it's not all bad. Um, can I take a hard left turn and go back to the friendship thing? Oh, sure. That's not even a segue. I just before I forget this. So we make the rules. (laughs) I'm the captain now. Um so um and I'm also not gonna mention a name because it's someone else's story and, and not mine to share, but um it was just a really it I found it really interesting because I was having tea with a friend this week and she was speaking about how she's been really struggling. She's a bit younger than me. So she's 30, five years younger. Um, And she spent most of her 20s studying abroad. So she's been in Europe, she's been in America and she's come back to Melbourne. She's Australian. And how she came back during lockdown and essentially kind of out of survival, I suppose, emotional survival, made so rekindled old friendships from before she left and localized friendships so obviously you had to be within your 5k bubble yeah um and now that lockdown has ended and we've had a year she's been coming out of that and and quite honestly like almost like realizing that a lot of those friendships were super toxic or negative or just actually didn't work for her right but like the guilt of breaking up with friends or ending friendships, but also that weird head fuck of, it's not like while she was making those friendships, like she wasn't being fake. Like they, they were real in that moment. And I think that's a head fuck. It wasn't as if any part of her was pretending, but it's just with that expansion of context, she's able to see that they are not in fact 
what she needs or what she wants. Am Mm. I explaining that? Yeah, yeah, no, you're explaining it perfectly. That's really hard. I think one of the really tricky things about friendships is that there's no, like there's no formalisation of a friend relationship. So like with a romantic relationship, you are like formally in a relationship or you're not. And also like if you don't want to date someone, that's like all you're saying is like, you know, you're not attracted to them, you're not ready in a place where you want a relationship. It's then but you could it's not saying like I'm just not into this. <laughs> like you you as a person I am nah. I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Right. And I mean that could be true, but you don't have to have to say that. Yeah. But like to firstly, like it's weird to like have a breakup conversation with a friend, particularly as a, as an adult, I don't know. Mm. Well, is it kind of weird anyway? But then like the the implication of it is kind of so much more heartbreaking in a way. It's just yeah. like, nah, I just don't like you. That's a, it, it is <laughs> usually usually the phrase it's not personal is your kind of ticket out of the heartbreak. But in this case, you're like, no, it's it's a hundred percent personal. Yeah. Because I don't want your person in my vicinity. Yeah. In my life. <laughs> Which by the way, doesn't like if that if that's a thing that you've gone through or going through that doesn't mean that that person you yeah, don't want no. to be friends with is a terrible person but it does mean that you are making a conscious decision to not want to spend time with it yeah. them anymore and that might be just change of life stuff you've grown in different directions mm. people have started families and their lives just look really yeah. different and it's not one of the other things in the podcast that um Reese Witherspoon <laughs> spoke about. I could listen to her <laughs> like impersonate her mum by the way for the rest of time it was so gorgeous <laughs> But she was talking about making deposits and withdrawals Mm. in friendships. And I think, you know, that's obviously that's an oversimplification and you don't want to sort of simplify it in that way that feels a little impersonal. Yeah, and a little bit transactional. Transactional, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Thanks, Alice. (laughs) And you could have my back. (laughs) Um, That's five bucks in the old friendship bank (laughs) deposited right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's good, like, as long as that's a framing that you kind of hold mm. lightly. But I think if you sort of, if it's only, like, you're only making yeah. deposits and you don't, and maybe it's not even that, like, oh, like, they owe me something. It's more like you don't feel comfortable asking mm. for a withdrawal or you you realise that your friend doesn't feel comfortable asking you for a withdrawal. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was an interesting kind of frame or lens to think of it through, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think that idea of deposits and withdrawals, Money is just, it's a really useful metaphor. Everyone who is listening has a bank account and money is a quantified thing with numbers. Like we all understand that. And it's, yeah, you know, it's, she's using it to describe an energetic, like an, a mutually uh, dynamic kind of energetic contribution and withdrawal. So it's, I mean, it's obviously not going to be the perfect metaphor, but it is, yeah. it's, it's useful. It's putting it in terms that we all get. And yeah, I, I do think that's true. And I think something that one of the other um, contributors, I love this podcast is just us talking about another podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Outsourcing, cool. it's efficient. <laughs> we just press play and go have a beer. Can we just republish that <laughs> their podcast? <laughs> Cut all this shit. Um one of the other um, contributors was saying how she she works out if she wants to be friends with someone, not thinking about what they can give her, but thinking about what she is prepared to give them. Yeah. And that blew my fucking mind because I think like we do tend to think of our friends, we're evaluating this external thing and we're like, I, I like this about them. I like that about them. I like that about them. I feel good around them. All these things that are kind of externalized. But the way she almost thought about it was she's like, well, would I be prepared to drive to the hospital if their kid was sick? Would I be prepared to go pick them up at the airport? And if she's not willing to do that for them, then she's like, okay, cool. Then I guess we're not friends and that's fine. But she she, she like draws the line at that. Mm. I thought it was an interesting way of of turning that lens around and being like, well, am I prepared to show up for this person? And if not, well, I'm wasting both of our time. Yeah. 
And I'm, yeah, I mean, I can't speak for these people, obviously, but I feel like they're probably not hard and fast rules, as in yeah. like on first meeting, they <laughs> show up with a list like, right now, let me ask you some yeah. questions at a dinner party. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like reflecting, reflecting on things, patterns yes. over time. Yeah, 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 exactly. There, There's no the answer. Other thing, and we'll stop talking about, we're just doing our like podcast repeat thing in a minute, but um, it was just an interesting thing that I kind of, I hadn't thought about it through this way, this lens ever, was that that your friends sort of represent you yeah. in the world as well. So like if I'm I'm somewhere and you're not there and they know me as Alice Edie's friend, then I sort of have some responsibility mm in how I represent you with those people and and trusting the people that you call your closest friends mm. that them out in the world will be doing stuff that you're proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's weird. It, it is a thing I've thought about before because I also think it's always telling when you make a new friendship, I think it's solidified. It, it make or breaks it also when you meet that person's other friends as well, because that's, you're only going off what you've gotten this kind of quite new yeah. information, but there've definitely been times I think where like seeing an expanded circle of friends, you're like, Oh, I was picking up on this part of you, but there's actually way more that I don't relate to and not interested or, and more, more often I've met people and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're pretty fucking cool. And then I meet their friends and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. This yeah. is confirmed. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's true. Um, this is not, will not reflect particularly well on me, but (laughs) (laughs) caveats in place. (laughs) I think it's probably a fairly common experience. I don't know. We'll find out. Have you ever um, met a guy, put yourself in single Alice mindset for the moment and been like, yeah, they're fine, like not particularly attracted to them, but then you meet their ex-girlfriend and they're like super amazing and then you see them completely differently? Um, not with the ex-girlfriend thing, but firstly, I've noticed this with when I meet people with their dogs. I'm <laughs> I'm like talking. <laughs> But it's true. Bless you, you sweet, innocent baby. Um, sort of, but for me it's more about how fluffy their dog is. No, I think it's seeing seeing someone be loved by a dog. I'm like, oh, it it makes me, I'm, I'm watching you be so loved that I'm finding it 20% easier to love you. I'm like, oh yeah, like this is such a, I don't know, it's just such a fundamentally wholesome thing. I'm like, yeah, this is... I don't know that. And then the second part of that to say, I've had the experience in the last year of going from being single to dating someone, starting to fall for that person, but then discovering their group of friends and winning the fucking friendship lottery. Like it is, is crazy to me how lucky I got with this, like inheriting this beautiful family of humans. And especially after moving here, I'm like, it took, it's so hard to make friends when you're new. And I worked so fucking hard of it. And my existing circle of friends are so amazing and so beautiful. But I feel like acutely aware of how valuable friendship is as a result of having to have worked so hard to build that. And then to just double that in the space of a few months, it was like ready made. I was like, what what is this? I was like, what? That is so awesome. Yeah. I feel like that about my in-laws. I'm just like it's just I feel so lucky when you hear all of the like drama and Mm. stresses and politics go on with family because I've also been like very lucky with my own family and extended family that there was never a lot of drama. People are generally all like pretty fucking amazing and chill and there's no like blah, blah, doesn't talk to blah, blah. And then to find myself with Dan's family who like his mother is like a literal fucking angel. <laughs> All his siblings are cool as or like their siblings' partners are cool as. Like it's just, um, yeah, I feel like I won the in-law lottery, which is really, really lucky. So yeah. even we've got it like because there's a million of them, like Dan. <laughs> so just for, for context, Dan's dad is one of ten kids and his mum is one of six. Dan's immediate family, he has three siblings. So there's just a, there's just a lot of yeah. people. So it is always someone's birthday. It's all like <laughs> someone's always getting married. There's always a thing on, which is lovely. Um, but I just feel like if you, you didn't, not only were you like not – love that family, 
But if you were even like, yeah, they're fine, the um, the cost, like the emotional mm. cost to you to do that all the time, you would just be so frustrated. Yeah. So it was anything other than like hard love. <laughs> hard love. That's our album title. <laughs> Although that does make it sound like tough love, oh. like we're going to be scolding each other. Oh, I thought it Ooh, sounded a bit sexy. In sexy. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you can make anything what? sexy. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like neutral wouldn't have been good enough because they are going to take up in the pie chart of your life and time, his family are going to occupy a significant, a significant enough piece of that pie that neutral would amount, that would suck. Yeah, it will. It just make it hard. Yeah, yeah. So it's lucky. You're great, Brian Horty Brooks. <laughs> anyone listening? I love you guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, I think we're both um, just we're both feeling so loved right now. I'm like looking at your face. I'm like, oh, we're so lucky. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. Um, my my default is to feel quite self conscious around articulating that. I'm like, oh, am I kind of coming off as a bit of a dick right now? And then I think about how culturally it's way more supported to share the negative stuff and share the hard stuff. And I think it's important to feel safe to do that. But I also think it's really important collectively and individually to, to I don't know, create a culture within your friendships where you celebrate stuff, where you're like, hey, this is fucking rad. Guess what? There are days where things suck. Life comes at you real hard sometimes. Yeah. But right now I've like, there's this and it's beautiful and I'm lucky. Yeah, I couldn't agree more and I think it's it's probably like a bit of a pendulum thing, right? Like there's a there's a world in which like we don't like people who are like overconfident or braggy or um like what's the word I'm looking for Alice help me out here. I don't I'm, It's the end of the year. I'm so tired. You've got this braggy. It was <laughs> good. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. There's another word I'm looking for. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter Jasmine. Shut up. <sighs> You're going to splice it in later when you edit. <laughs> going to edit? <laughs> I don't have time for that. Who do you think I am, the queen? Braggy. I mean, yeah. well, she's dead now, so hopefully not. So we don't like things that are really far like, up that end. What? <laughs> just, just let me go. All right, I've just, got, you've got this. Just let me talk. You've got this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, we don't like that, right? So we swing all the way back to mm. this, like we like that, like we were talking about the other week with that, like that approved type of vulnerability, yeah. which is like it's okay to talk about, you know, not feeling good enough or this or that and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then it's it almost like to a point where we then miss the like genuinely good stuff that's really nice yeah. to share and celebrate together and even just like for for yourself, like for your own happiness day to day, it feels much better to be <laughs> to be happy than to do the deflection thing, which is such a like a Australian thing and b female thing. Um, but obviously, it exists mm. everywhere. But like you know, like you might be like, oh, Jessamy, I love you, Jack. I'll be like, this piece of shit. It costs yeah, me a dollar. Oh. Don't even look at it. I don't even know why I'm wearing it. Do you want it? Let's burn it. It's horrible. I hate it. It, I, it totally, I think it's, but also the difference between what we're framing as like braggy, I think actually it's completely missing the point. Like that's just called gratitude because it's not, braggy is like, look how fucking expensive my car is and look how big my house is. Saying I love my friends and I feel incredibly lucky to have these relationships in my life is not in fact, but on the braggy yeah. well, that, scale, that's what I'm saying. That's... it's just gratitude. You're just yeah, like, yeah. hey, this thing is happening and it's cool. And also with the context of like this, I feel like I do it as like a time traveling thing where I'm like, there was a version of me that didn't have friends. Five years ago, there was a version of me in a new country that didn't fucking have this and it was shit. And like that person, I feel like it's a way that I honor the work that that person did because I'm like, hey, you've got this thing now and who knows, like life changes all the time. You don't know how long you have anything. So while you've got it, like recognize what a beautiful thing that is. Otherwise, like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And so I only bring up the great braggy thing mm. as a contrast yeah. to genuine yeah. gratitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, somewhere they tend to get confused. Mm. I remember hearing a story um, about Will Anderson, the comedian Will Anderson, um, 
and oh, one of friend his of, friend of the pod friend of the pod. <laughs> I mean, one day. Who knows? He could listen. Long time we listener. Don't know. First time caller. <laughs> um, so one of his comedy heroes was John Cleese and he ended up um, working on the same event with him, which would have been a massive deal, mm. right? And he did his set and then afterwards John Cleese came up to him and gave him some really lovely confident about, com- compliment about his set and he did the classic Aussie deflection thing. Oh, I didn't didn't think it was that great. I could have done this better, blah, blah, blah. And then if I was, if I had a better memory, I'd be able to tell you the exact words that he said to him. But the sentiment was, that's actually an insult to me. Yeah. Because you're now saying your experience is wrong. Mm. And he's like, I understand what what you're doing, yeah. like it's it's fine, but like you don't have to do that. Like yeah. you don't have to deflect. And rather than make me feel better, it makes me feel worse. It's basically saying your taste sucks. Yeah. You you, you like me? Well, you are wrong because <laughs> I'm shit. <laughs> also, no one fucking asked for your opinion. Like someone's expressing yeah. their appreciation of a thing in the world. That's their way of it. You know, like when you eat something delicious, it just, you could eat it a delicious thing alone and that's cool. You enjoy it. But it's so nice when there's someone sitting next to you and you eat it and then you're like, mm, this is so good. And then that person tries to bite and they're like, mm, this is so good. And you're like, just sharing a joyful moment in the world feels good. And that is all someone is trying to give you is just that moment. So like, why shit all over it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But just be happy. Yeah. <laughs> just be just be happy, bro. Oh, oh my god, is that <laughs> the answer? <laughs> Nailed it, guys. <laughs> just just fucking I love that. <laughs> the, the worst. If it's like telling someone to relax. Like there are some pieces of advice that will oh. only get you the opposite results. I have one friend, I adore her, but she is very guilty of being like, have fun, have more fun. I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) Now I realise what I was doing wrong. (laughs) Like when you see like there's nights out when like one person's really up for it and and you just can't be. It's like, I can't, you saying that is filling me with white hot rage and now I have to go home. (laughs) I can go, yeah, I can completely imagine and it would would come from such a good place, but like, no, no, you're not the boss of my fun. Oh, yeah. Wow. That that got um that got loud. Has this happened to you recently, Alice? <laughs> no. no, I'm just <laughs> full of feelings this week. Oh my god. Me uh, too. I think it's end of year. End of year stuff. There's just that like that feeling of like ho- holding on with like your fingernails oh, yeah. and like about to fall yeah. off a cliff. Just like I just need to keep it together. For a couple more days. Oh my God. Okay. Can I tell you two things? Yeah. Firstly, relating to that, I went bouldering yesterday. Throwback to early, long time listeners will know this reference. I fucking went bouldering. I've been going climbing and it's the best. My arms are currently sore in that delicious way of like I used, I used them till my muscles were empty and it made me feel so good. So just your metaphor of hanging on the edge. I was like, yeah, I did that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, You can hold on. And then sometimes you fall and it's fine. Um, so that was just the first aside. But then um, the second thing was, I just wanted to say, while we're talking about friendship and the end of the year and big feelings, um, how grateful I am. We met at the beginning of this week to record I was not feeling great. It's been a tough week. And by the time I got home, we were supposed to record a second episode and I was just like, I don't have it in me. I need to go home. By the time I arrive home, I have a message from Jessamy with not only contact details for a therapist, but, and the part that really meant the world to me was your message that followed that, which was like, you know, use it, don't use it, obviously up to you. But if you're if you're interested and also not feeling like you have it in you to book the appointment, just let me know. I'll sort it out. Like I'll book you in. And just like that is fucking friendship is, is not only, is not only offering that first step of like, Hey, if you need help, here's a place you can find it, you know, which is in one, which is also an amazing thing to do and would have been enough, but just that secondary thing of being like, but I also see that you might not be in a place to make that call. And it meant the fucking world to me. I think it was 
such a beautiful thing to do. And yeah, you're an amazing friend. Thank you. Oh, I love you, Alice Edie. Yeah, I feel like we, there's lots of um, deposits and withdrawals happening in both directions <laughs> yeah. all the time. I hope so. Um, I would just like to say as well, I did not just out of nowhere send her the contact details. I left the house and then she just <laughs> oh, no. sent me a message with oh, no. details of a therapist. <laughs> I'm like, there was conversations yeah. that happened oh. in between. <laughs> I asked if she would like a referral. I was crying. Oh no, I, I cut out the whole middle. Oh no, I was crying in your kitchen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did some rough editing. <laughs> It was just had to clarify. Everyone was like, "Whoa!" Every so time she you- seemed a bit upset, and then you just sent her contact details for a therapist. Was like, "I'll book it for you. You're not okay." That is the ultimate passive aggressive. That is the opposite. Just imagine every time you hang out with someone, they're like, "Oh, I think that went well," and then ten minutes later, you take them a fucking. <laughs> No, I was crying in Jessamy's kitchen. I was not okay. And we had a long conversation about how not okay it was. And in it's also so beautiful because it's so you. It's it's your like, I must have walked out there and it was obviously on your mind. And it's Jess. You're like, I what is the thing I can do to fucking fix this within my power? And yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm booked for Monday. So just wait. Fuck, I'm gonna be so zen the next time you see me you'll be fixed that's how it yeah, works yeah, yeah. right cool. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the plan this is also this is my therapist so um please the next step in our relationship make sure make sure you ask her if she loves me <laughs> should i should i go wearing full podcast merchandise and be like if you don't fucking listen <laughs> which one of us do you love more <laughs> Rank us, please. <laughs> oh dear, that um, <laughs> talking about passive aggressive stuff. You know, you, you like the sort of Buzzfeed list things you'll get of like mm. passive aggressive knowns and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Can I tell you about a new yes. toxic trait that I have? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, I don't yes. know why yes, I love yes, it yes, so much. Always. And I have it like. I have a deep feeling that it's something like truly like ugly and gross in me that I don't know why I love it. But there's a whole lot of like a theme for those lists. And of course, as soon as you look at one, then the algorithm throws you a thousand of them is around choosing beggars. So it's like people, people making like horror for like really, so like, you know, asking asking for some, not hang on I mean like as in like the beggars can't be choosers not like not like actual oh my god you look at your face I was like oh my god okay I need to explain this super quickly because this sounds so much worse than it is yeah. what I mean is people on, so the phrase beggars can't be choosers okay right oh my god fuck okay if you just cut the episode off there please hang on it's not nearly Someone as bad as you think it is us. Jesus, fuck. No, so it's like something. someone's got something for free up on Facebook Marketplace and they'll message them and be like, can you also to deliver oh, to the other side of town? They're yes. like, it's free. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> that, it's basically that, different versions That's of that. That's quite a lot funnier than what I thought. <laughs> okay, so it's like someone you're already doing a favour being like, thank you for that favour and also on top of it, here's this completely unreasonable ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or people like asking for things that are insane, like, you know, um, asking for babysitters from 6am to 8pm and they're getting paid like a hundred dollars a week. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're easy kids. Like they're like just basically like ridiculously entitled, entitled asks. Uh (laughs) I like feel sick from the expression on your face. I'm like, where do you think this is going? Honestly, I was like, that sounds fucked. I was like, the internet is a dark place, but Oh my god! I should have. I should have. It's just that's what the list are always called. It's not your fault. It's not your. This is a safe place. It's not. It is. That that look wasn't for you. That look was for the internet. But I'm the one that's that's reading it. it. But I just thought it was really like, why do I, I mean, part of it is just like the nature of algorithms and the internet that they just like keep feeding you these things. You're like, okay, I will go through this BuzzFeed list of. 40 celebrities now and then whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's something like there is something about that and there was one other kind of um, thing that I like too. Oh, like just like people getting things super wrong on the internet I really enjoy too, like um, like not getting the joke or like I don't know, I'm not explaining this well. 
I'd say I'd post a link to it, but I don't want to subject you to the same thing that I am now <laughs> embroiled in with my algorithm. Uh, I'm but just, what is it? Like, is it something that's like, it's just like taking delight in thinking uh, I wouldn't do that? Uh, like, what is it? There's some, cause there's something about it that I particularly, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's like a voyeuristic yeah. thing. I don't know why, I know. but I feel bad about it. So I think it can't be good. <laughs> I know it's, when when you're like, you're scrolling through the thing and you're like, I'm feeling the the feeling. Like it's like, it's a weird, but you don't know why, like which part of, if there's a fascination, why? Like why this and why now and why me? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And part mm. of it, as I said, just might be the fact that like they're the things that are constantly coming up in mm. my feed and might be as simple as that. Then I'm like, oh, I know what this is. I've enjoyed reading these before, so I'll read it again. It might just be as simple as that. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just been an interesting development yeah. in my um, procrastination I'm, I'm here for this. Strategies. Now that I know that it's not an actual website of like people at a train station choosing who they're going to give money to, I was like, that feels – but. I've realized that thinking the, the amount of times that I've had to say the word beggar now, I feel like that's horrible. <laughs> it's a, yeah, listen, the internet's a dark place and that's not on you. Also people asking for, unre- I think Facebook marketplace is exactly if, if unreasonable requests could be an art form, Facebook marketplace is where you will find that. It's completely like, thanks for your free shit. Also, yeah, drive it to my house and rebuild it and Have I told you about my friend Vanya who has managed to fool the Instagram algorithms to only her, her entire feed is puppies. It's amazing. She teaches her ways. She's incredible. She showed me this because she said it first and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But also like, I don't care what, that doesn't sound that great. Then she showed me, she like opened up her Instagram, put it on explore and that grid of all the little micro, it's a hundred percent. There wasn't even one stray post for anything else. Puppies, puppies, a whole way down. Just scrolling, just puppies. And the way she does it is she only clicks on puppy content. <laughs> she only searches for puppy related terms. She's so intentional about it. She's like, she has to be on it because she's like, if she accidentally looks too long, because also it logs the amount of time you spend mm. while you're scrolling. She's like, she has to be so careful because one misstep can totally derail this whole beautiful puppy ecosystem that she's managed to harvest. And she's like, everyone else is scrolling through their Instagram feed, feeling weird and disconnected and sad. And she's scrolling through Instagram and she's like, this, the world is beautiful. Everything's hopeful. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> but how am I going to buy my mermaid hair cream? <laughs> It's not for everyone. It's not the answer. It's just an answer. <laughs> Dan and I interact mainly through puppy memes these days. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We also have a wonderful conversation all the time. But the amount of like, so solely on Instagram, mm. we just like DM each other dog videos. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, did you see that one? Did you see it? I love it. I know. And when I look and I can see that there's a message there from Dan, I'm like, yes. (laughs) Hit me up up with the good shit, Dan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, the, so Google has, I'm sure Apple has it as well, but I think the Google one's slightly better, like facial recognition software on your phone that you can search through your photos based on, like, like it, it groups people. Oh, yes. Basically. Mm -hmm. And it's, Amazing to the point at which um, it it not only shows pets, but like different pets. Like, me- do you know what I mean? Like it recognizes that my friend has two pugs and I was trying to work out, I was like, is it the same? Does, does the phone think it's the same pug? It it knows it's two different pugs. Wow. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. I can't even tell the difference between pugs. Yeah. yeah, There might as well just be one pug in the world that moves really, (laughs) really quickly between places. I mean, never seen them in the same room at the same time. It's just, what is the point of pugs? Oh, they're so I know, sorry. I just said that. That's just my controversial statement, you guys. That's just to get the listenership riled up to get our number. I don't know. It's a, it's a social media thing. It's a strategy. Come for a... <laughs> just fucking 
throwing shade on pugs as a way to um, mix up internet uh, engagement. That's how we get cancelled. <laughs> Just fucking bottom feeding, right? <laughs> we went for the lowest possible, <laughs> the lowest hanging fruit. Oh, I love pugs. So many health problems, though. They yeah. seem expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, dogs that have, like, like a permanent expression because of how their faces are built are really, really funny. Like, they con- pugs constantly, I can't do this because, ah. yeah, ah. like, they're being taken aback, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. And they're little, given a little side eye, like, what the fuck is happening? It's just hilarious. Like, it will never not be funny to me. Do you think that it's that some part of it is um, maybe it's some like mirror neuron thing? We're just like, yes, that's so relatable. Just being constantly like, oh my god, <laughs> yes, I do think that's what it is. <laughs> Took me a second to think about. It. I'm like, yeah, probably that expression is generally how I move through life. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I remember saying this to my ex before we got our dog, and I was like, you know how huh? um, people and their dogs always look the same, and he's like, yeah, and I'm like. So when we get a dog, like, we've got to get a hot dog. <laughs> it was like, no, it doesn't work that way. You don't buy a hot dog and become hotter. <laughs> That's not how this works. That ship has sailed. <laughs> also describing a dog as like, hot. Trying to get my head around the, the direction <laughs> in which that <laughs> Describe to me <laughs> a hot dog. Your dream hot dog. <laughs> Just no, I'm not opening that box. I'm not playing with those toys, but I will say <laughs> that my housemate, Phoebe, has this amazing strategy with dealing with people when they talk a lot about their kids and she doesn't want to hear it. I don't I don't actually think she's ever done this, but it makes me laugh a lot. She's like, if someone's like constantly showing you pictures of their like newborn and you just don't want to talk about it, all you have to do, and it's just one time, you just have to look at the picture and be like, "Mm, that's a hot baby. (laughs) (laughs) Never have to deal with that again. (laughs) I mean, I bet it's effective. I can't say I, I would doubt that she's ever um, used this strategy in practice, but I appreciate it. You know, it's it's good to have these tools in your toolbox <laughs> <laughs> just in case the situation gets serious. Wow, well, we've taken, um, we've really come to a place. Bring it, bring it home, Jess. Oh, gosh. Okay. Can I? Hot baby is hot a hard babies. one to work All right. With. Well, I mean, this seems... Oh, no. no good. We can go from hot babies to Christmas. I feel like, you know, there are many. <laughs> the hottest baby of them all was little <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's very famous. He's Segway probably the most nailed. famous baby other than the Olsen twins. <laughs> How are they doing? The Olsen twins, can I just say, when you were speaking about your BuzzFeed um, your guilty BuzzFeed pleasures. Mm. The Olsen twins is high up there on things I Google at 2am, along with like Misha Barton, Sarah Michelle Gellar, anyone who's vaguely like a C to B list celebrity in the early 2000s. Just like, oh, what are they doing now? Yeah, yeah. What are they doing now? Well, Sarah Michelle Gellar is still, as far as I know, married to Freddie Prince Jr. They have a cookbook. Good for them. Yeah, it's wholesome. Um, Misha Barton doing this well, but I think she's... I really, I really hope she <laughs> finds love. And um, who do we start? Oh, the Olsen twins. I haven't checked in on them in a while. I listened to a whole um, podcast episode. In fact, it might have been a couple of episodes. Um, the podcast Shameless have uh, a sort of like side podcast that why can I not think of the name of it? I'm really struggling with words today. That's Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make me feel good about myself. Oh, you're nailing it. You don't need to fuck it. You know what's interesting about it is the more it, like once it starts happening, the more it happens because I think I then panic about not being able to find the word. So rather than just like relaxing and letting the word come, I panic about finding words and then I'll be like, what's the, what's the, this thing, the the thing that we speak into that makes our words go into the thing. But I think I made it worse because of my face with the choosing Vegas thing. (laughs) I think that was really, yeah, maybe I'm just a bit. Destabilizing. I'm sorry. Now I can't even think of the word that I'm a, the, I'm a bit of. Fuck. 
Just put me down. I love you. Just put me down. What was I talking about? Olsen twins. Oh, scandal. See, yeah. if I relax, the word yeah. comes. So they, every week, and they're usually like two or three parts, but sometimes it's just a one-off. They'll go through like some sort of like famous scandal or just like, oh, you know, cool. a certain person who's mm. been in the media a lot or whatever. It's pretty light, but it's also quite interesting. Who doesn't love a good scandal? Mm. Anyway, so it's funny that we are now talking about the Olsen twins because they just did a whole like two or three part series on them. Just interesting. Uh-huh. So if you want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember any of the details currently. <laughs> I um, absolutely yeah. will. Um, speaking of scandal, did we ever talk about when Monica Lewinsky came to Melbourne? I saw no. her. It was so cool. It was part of this. It was like a feminist. Okay, this is this is going to sound dry. A feminist literary festival, right? Which doesn't sound like maybe the most dynamic and fun place, but it was so fucking cool. It was so well done. It was just a collection of rad, smart, interesting, interested people doing speeches um, or presentations on a stage in, in the Melbourne Town Hall over a weekend. And she was kind of like the headliner on one of the nights. And um, literally the queue was wrapped around the town hall to see mm. her. And it was so interesting. I mean, the other speakers were amazing as well, but just that reframe of she started speaking and it was like suddenly remembering she's a name that I haven't even thought of for 20 years or whatever, 15 years. And, and where she is now, <clears throat> but also her unpacking that experience and suddenly realizing that like we all participated in the whole world blaming like a 19 or 20 year old or something intern for the behavior of literally the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. And that like just the word scandal sort of triggered that thought and, and how that's within our lifetime, you know, and that's, I remember that was so easy. It was like, you know, low-hanging fruit, making a Monica Lewinsky joke was like you were guaranteed a laugh at the time. She totally. was she was, a, she was like safe game for everyone to just rip into this kind of classic thing of like vilifying the slut, right? Like the whole world liking to f- like climb on board and just attack that and how unfair and disgusting that was and, and to actually hear just a woman, just a woman talk about being in an office having a crush, falling in love with her boss and how that man lied to the world. Like if he'd gotten away with that, the entire world wouldn't have believed her story. Like invalidating that experience. It's fucking terrifying. It is. And it's so, you know, it's easy to forget. I've heard her interviewed on a couple of things over the years. She's pretty fucking remarkable. Like to just be able to, to not disappear yeah. To not just go, well, fuck this, I can never show my face again and hide in the shadows and spend the rest of your life in shame for something mm. that is 100% not your fucking fault. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I mean, willing participants, I suppose. But she was, yeah, as you say, like a really young girl. And yeah. that was her. But if that was today, I mean, things are still fucked all over the place today. It's not like, oh, we fixed that yeah. problem. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. One more thing. But Check the reaction, fix. I would like to think the reaction yeah. would be yeah. incredibly different. I mean, he would be, there would be all sorts of like sexual misconduct things that would be happening against him mm-hmm. and the the people would get behind her a lot more. But it is so, like, it is insane to think what she yeah was put through and that everyone was just like, this is fine. Yeah. Myself included. The whole world picking on someone who was like not a child, she was an adult, but a really young adult. Yeah. And and that idea of like bullying, I think the work she's doing now is around cyberbullying. I yeah. think she was she was presenting on that. But also the fact of this is not I mean, she got a fucking internship at the White House. Yeah. How competitive must that job have been? She went to the London School of Economics. Like she's a smart, driven woman. Yeah. This wasn't, you know, and and still, even with all of that, that that's not what she's known for. Like, yeah, it, it was just crazy. Like, yeah. That's what we thought the scandal was, was not what the scandal is. Yeah. And there is no shame attached to Bill Clinton. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. she will walk around like regardless of how the world has changed and how she is reframing her experience and getting the opportunity to talk publicly again, that like shadow of shame, slut shaming will follow her forever because it's so tied to her name. Yeah. 
he doesn't have the same thing. Like whatever you think of him and his behaviour, it doesn't make you feel the same feelings. Yeah, exactly. Happy Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It was the perfect segue. I'm like, did we nail the Christmas episode? Let's talk about Christmas another day. I can't be bothered. Maybe we need sugar treats before the next time. Yeah. Yeah. I think Christmas is such, I want to actually be able to spend a little bit more time that we've got today to chat about it as well, Mm. because Christmas dynamics are are fraught and interesting. Mm. And I think it deserves a a good chunky conversation rather than my brain dead self today can't articulate herself properly. Also, Christmas is such an interesting one when you're secular because it also doesn't matter at all and yet somehow is still emotionally fraught I'm like I'm, it's yeah. always weird to me I'm like I don't even care about this made-up thing also I'm feeling all these feelings <laughs> like, why do I give a shit it is fascinating isn't it because it's not about Christmas it's about family dynamics mm. it's about um where you spend your time I mean you know, the good side of it is it's about family and spending time together and just doing something nice. Like the Christmas part really is not, yeah, is not relevant, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm holding back. Cause I'm like, do we want to talk, open this box now? Or the Christmas box. No, nah, let's do it. We'll do a Christmas episode. Okay. I reckon. All right. Well, we'll start it with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's was- <laughs> favorite subject to talk about at Christmas. I think we should put Monica Lewinsky on the rotation of of podcast names that just get like repeatedly dropped. (laughs) Any Monica Lewinsky segue is welcome. (laughs) All right, gorgeous Alice. Anything else? Nah, that nah. was it. Was so good to see you. Yeah, you <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I feel like I'm just you don't, know you were halt, you were driving hey, your ship today. Don't apologize. It, work on this basis, right? People that aren't into it fucked off a long time ago. <laughs> if anyone's hung out to this point, we love you. Thank you for being here. You don't need to apologize. Thanks, babe. You're gorgeous. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Imposter Syndrome Club. Please follow us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra kind, rate and review. Or if you got any insights or value from this, share with a friend. You can also find us on Instagram at ImpostorPod or online at ImpostorSyndromeClub.com.